0: You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode.
1: Welcome to Season 3, Episode 20 of The Collected Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I'm so excited to bring you a very special interview with Ann Jansen. She is the founder and visionary behind a new organization or ministry called The Well. And I just want to read you a little snippet I found on their website because this like gave me chills and made me kind of tear up a little bit. It says, It's for every woman who wonders if she belongs, who wonders if she is seen, who wonders if she is disqualified, who wonders what Jesus has to offer, who wonders what living a new life looks like. And if that doesn't align perfectly with what we do at Collected, I don't know what does. So I just feel like this is a God-ordained conversation, and I'm so excited to have Anne on the show. So Anne, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk
2: to you. And this is just an honor. So thank you so much for having me.
1: Yes, you are welcome. And before we get into more about your ministry in the well, I was wondering if we could back up and just hear a little bit about your story and um, how you came to know the Lord and how he led you to the work you're doing now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I'll try to keep it brief. I can get a little bit wordy. (laughs) That's okay. Um, That's what we're here for. (laughs) Yeah, it's just such an exciting story. And you know, when God finds us and rescues us, the intricacies and details, there are so many and they're so exciting. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, but I was like born and raised in a Christian home um, with, had a great family, um, you know, not without its struggles, but really lived, um, the first 30 years of my life as a believer, but not with Jesus as my Lord. Um, I knew like what I tell people is had I, you know, died and, you know, I, I know, I feel secure that I would have gone to heaven before I turned 30. Um, But I was living in such um, bondage and shame Mm -hmm. that I didn't know what Jesus actually had to offer me. I had no idea of the freedom that was available to me. I had no idea how much he loved me. The picture of Jesus I had in my mind up until I was 30 was really just... um, you know like an angry judge sitting on a throne with a gavel in hand and you know i'd show up and he'd like look at me and be super disappointed in me because of all my sin um jesus would show up stand in front of me and then god would like roll his eyes and be like you're in you know just kind of this disproving judgmental um That loving kindness, his nature, um, that true character was not a reality to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I, when I was 30, then um, that's when things fell apart. Who I thought God was, um, what I understood my faith to be, all of that um, came crashing down that is good. That you know, the fact that that picture of God, um, was completely, um, deconstructed. I know that that's kind of like a hype word right now in, in our culture, but, but that was a good thing. The situation leading up to that was actually really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband and I were high school sweethearts. Um, we, uh, started dating when I was 16 and he was 18. Um, and, You know, we went through a lot in our relationship. We dated for five years. um, And now this will tell you my age, but I was a senior in high school when September 11 happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And shortly after September 11, my then boyfriend um, who was in college at the time left college to join the Marines. Mm -hmm. Um, He felt God calling him to go to war. And so that's what he signed up to do. Um, There was also some things happening in my family at that time that were really difficult. Um, And it was really that senior year of high school where I feel like my love receptors, like in my heart and in my mind, just completely hardened. Um, Because There was so much hard stuff going on in the world, in my family, in my relationship. Um, And there's so many details that I'm leaving out. But it was at that point that I just really started struggling. Um, So my husband then, so we got married. He did two deployments. We got married in between the two deployments. um, And like the trauma of war is very real. Um, Mm -hmm. And in many ways, like we were kids. And we came into marriage really unprepared, Um, both of us coming from backgrounds that never really, we were really good at sweeping things under the rug. And so um, all of the trauma in our relationship and because of the war and because of my family, all of that, like, we just shoved under the rug and we just kept moving. Um, My heart was still hard. Um, I like always kind of felt like I in an attempt to like protect myself from people and their love, which felt really vulnerable and risky. I was someone that like gave a lot. Like I was the pursuer in all the relationships because I always said like, if your arms are out giving, it's very easy to turn them around and keep people away. Um, They could never come too close. Uh, And I did that in my marriage too. Um, And as we all know that we can't, things we put under the rug, things we shove down inside of us and don't address, um, by God's grace, they don't go away. Um, you know, sometimes we feel like it would probably be easier if like we just shoved them away and they just never came back. Um, but now I understand the, the graciousness that, that like loving kindness of his, um, that doesn't let us keep that poison inside of us. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so when I was 30, the dysfunction in my life was high. Outside looking in, you would have thought I had it all like husband, kids, great job. Um, Everything looked great, but no one really knew me. Mm -hmm. And um, how this all ended up blowing up was Um, In an attempt to, you know, looking back on it, it's all speculation on my part. Um, I can, you know, put psychology on top of it and try to like, think like, what caused me to get to that place? But I think that like our hearts, God designed our hearts for love. God designed our hearts for connection and in an attempt to like, meet that need without actually, um, having to be in reality, I ended up having an affair. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this, I mean, the story is so complicated and the details are not that important, but, um, after I ended the relationship, I ended up telling my husband, um, there was, Like one day we had started counseling and I kind of thought like I had really convinced myself I could probably live the rest of my life without ever telling him, but we had started counseling and this counselor, um, bless her heart in our first meeting, just looked at us and said, you guys are so sweet. Like give us a couple sessions and we'll figure this out. And we went home that night and my husband, I remember very clearly just, you know, like lamenting like I don't understand what is going on like he just was so confused like something seemed off to him and he didn't know and I can tell you with certainty that this was probably the first time that the Holy Spirit like spoke to me in a way that like shook my soul mm-hmm. um I like Holy Spirit sa- like said like you need to tell him and so because of my insecurity and my brokenness um that story came out and it was just so painful the the way that it happened um but what ended up resulting from that was two completely utterly shattered individuals who were left with nothing like our relationship was, um, completely obliterated. Like, um, the, the past, the, um, the future was uncertain. Um, everything was completely shaken because it wasn't just the affair. It was all of the trauma, all of that came crashing down around us. Um, and so that, You know, so it's kind of funny because then we get like, that's the night after counseling. The next day we call the counselor and like, oh, actually, can we come back? Because there's a lot more to the story. (laughs) And I mean, God bless good counselors because our marriage is intact and thriving Mm -hmm. in part because of her. Um, Had it not been for a godly counselor that held our hand, I don't know that we would have survived Um, but through that process, what Satan tried to do was really, um, crush me. Um, his, his weapon of shame against us is one of his most powerful tools. And during this season, after just telling my husband, when I say like I was non-functional, like, I mean, like truly non-functional, I was a shell of a person and, the only reason like my kids were getting fed and um, things were getting done is because people who, who knew, which was like two people, um, they just kept showing up like the doorbell would ring and I would open the door and it'd be like a week's worth of meals or a bag of like new toys for the kids. And um, so this, anyways, the shame is is like crushing to the point where, you know, um, when we have shame and we feel hopelessness, um, that is like one like, thing that really, when we lose hope, and I think I had lost all hope in myself and God and everything I knew, um, it was to the point where I, I never like had a plan to take my own life, but I just remember laying and just wishing, like, thinking it would be so much easier to just die and not be alive rather than face, um, all of the wreckage. Um, and so that is where God does his best work (laughs) is when we have completely run out of our coping mechanisms. When we are at our weakest is when he is the strongest. And, um, it actually had happened that I, had signed up before I told my husband to go to a women's conference and um it was out of state and it was actually like going to be a miracle if my husband still let me go um because at that point you know it, everything was so fresh and um our pastor really encouraged him to let me go it was going to be with a group of women who I didn't even really know um so I went and the first night of this conference. Um, no one really knew one of the girls knew my story. Um, the others didn't, they had no clue, but at the first night of this event, um, the speaker opened with a time of confession. And again, in only the way that God can do, um, you know she even said like some of you in this room have been unfaithful in your marriage or are or, or whatever and she went on to say some other things too but she said we're gonna do a time where like let's speak this all out loud let's put this before God and oh my word my heart was beating out of my chest you know like it was crazy <laughs> because I had not told anyone no one knew um and so in this room packed full of women, I shared with these four women I had gone with what I was going through and what I had done.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and in the book of James, it tells us that we confess our sins to one another, that we will be healed. And I didn't even know this at the time. Like, I didn't read my Bible. I didn't really know much. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of cool to like, then when you start to fall in love with scripture and, and meet Jesus. And you're like, oh my word, like this is true. But in that moment, like I described to people what felt as significant as a Saul to Paul conversion happened. Mm -hmm. It was as if Jesus just came and rushed to me and scooped me in his arms and all of the shame, all of the hopelessness, everything just fell off. Um, like skills fell from my eyes. Like all of that is was my felt experience. Um, it was as if I had like truly left a living hell and entered right into heaven. Um, and I remember getting on the plane to go home, and um, that was like really scary um, because I had had such a wonderful experience of being like, set free, like, my, like, I, there are no words to describe that feeling when shame falls off, um, when, like, you finally understand what sacrifice Christ has provided for you, um, but God gave me this picture of me, um, wearing white, and not, I wasn't walking, like, in like, I wasn't walking as a bride, but I was walking toward my husband and Jesus was walking in front of me with his arms spread wide to like, say like, it doesn't matter what you're walking home to. Like you are who I say you are and you are clean. You, you know, have been washed white as snow. And that was really, um, the, I mean, that was it for me. Um, my feet had been like taken out of the muck and mire and he set me on a rock. And from that moment forward, um, I have been, I mean, like wanting to, you know, stand on the rooftops and proclaim the goodness of the one who called me out of darkness and into his glorious light. Um, and the beautiful thing about it was, um, like God was doing this, not just for me, but for my marriage. Um, The beautiful work that he began um, in me, he also began in my husband and together now to say that that it was easy or like now that, you know, I had Jesus and fully understood um, or had a better understanding of my position that it was like, peachy key. And that is not true. It was hard and it still is hard. Um, you know, uh, we're never done. Um, and that is part of like what continues to fuel me. Mm. I don't ever want to think I have arrived. So like, even to say like, Oh, I fully understand how deeply I'm loved. Like, I know that that's not true. There's more, there are still pieces of my heart that are wounded um from everything. There is residual um trauma and and that's okay. Like I I think it gives me just this deep expectation for heaven, knowing that there will there will be a day when this will all be better. Um, and in the meantime when Things are hard or old wounds get pricked that, um, it's just an invitation. Like it's an invitation to more of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like what, like my passion is for women to know that, that no matter what you've done, where you've been, um, who someone in your life has said you are, um, Like you have a true identity, a secure identity that you're seated with Christ and, and that he's not done with you yet. And so that is kind of what has driven me these past eight years um, is just, if he can do this for me, like if he could find me who is so self-absorbed, so, self-sufficient, so blacked off, then I know that He can reach you too.
1: Wow, what a powerful story and a testimony of just the way that God never gives up on us. And it doesn't matter what we've done. So what would you say to someone who's listening to that story and they Mm -hmm. really are in the depths of that shame and can't Mm -hmm. see the way out? What encouragement do you have for them?
2: Mm, yeah good question um one of the things that has struck me on my journey is that um you know if we use the metaphor of a pit like we all get there whether it's rock bottom or our feet are stuck in the mud like different ways for me it was an affair in trauma for some people it's you know abortion or um other whatever sin name your sin um how we get there looks different for everyone. The shared experience, like the experience of being in the pit is shared. Yeah. The darkness, the shame, the fear, the loneliness, the lies the enemy speaks are not unique. He is not a creative foe. <laughs> um, and so to someone who finds themselves like, covered in shame and feels like they're in the quicksand and about to be swallowed up like the first thing I think I would say is like lift up your head Mm. lift your eyes up um because there are people around you in your life some that you know some that are new um who are there but also more importantly is Jesus. And he has like that is who he is. He has a hand reaching down into the pit. Like Psalm 18 is like my all-time favorite um like passage in the Bible because it is just this like beautiful powerful picture of God coming down from heaven to rescue. And like he's waiting. He's waiting. And so lift up your head and tell someone. I think that is another one of the big lessons I've learned is that in in the message I will preach, you know, till Jesus comes back again is the things that we keep in the darkness are the things that Satan uses against us. And so that is our sin. That is the lies we're believing they're the feelings that are overwhelming us. When we just leave those inside of ourselves in in the darkness, the dark recesses of our hearts and minds, that's where Satan has access to them. But like scripture tells us, like where the light is, darkness cannot be. And so to me, sharing, which is incredibly frightening, it's so scary and vulnerable, but sharing with someone that you know or trust a counselor, a pastor, a friend, someone who is safe to you, the truth about your experience lets light in and it allows another person to shine their light into the situation too. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
2: And so it's really embarrassing to say out loud some of the things that we believe about ourselves or some of the things we struggle with, um, because the enemy wants us to believe like it's just you. No one else can relate to that. Like you're the only one, or what you've done is unforgivable, or um, you know what, I, all those things. Mm-hmm. And the, the the truth is, like we all have something. Mine looks a lot different than yours, um, but we all have it, and. Oftentimes, you know, when we share with other people what we're struggling with, that gives another person permission to say, yeah, me, I'm actually really struggling too, or I believe that lie too. And it gives you an ally in this spiritual battle for our identity. So, yeah, and and hope is never lost. Like there's, that's like the other thing. Um Hope is as long as um, there, as long as there is a morning that's coming. Like God's mercies are new, and
1: that alone is hope. Yeah. Amen. And like you said earlier, the story's not over. Mm-hmm. You know, there God is still working it out, and He can use every part of our stories for His good and yeah his glory and for our good um yeah. thank you that is very encouraging i just feel mm. like somebody out there needed that mm. maybe lots of somebodies yeah. um and even if you're not you know feeling any shame or insecurity in this moment like the devil's just always waiting to hit mm-hmm. us with some insecurity and I love that truth of just speaking it out, bringing it, in, bringing it into the light, so that it doesn't control our minds anymore, have that mm-hmm. grip on us. Because mm-hmm. um, that's when I start to spiral. So when I get an insecurity, and then I blow it up like times ten in my mind, when people aren't even thinking about that or thinking yeah. about me, like yeah, yeah, my husband
2: has to remind me often when I confide in him, like the things I'm struggling with. He's like. It's not about you. Is it like, yeah?
1: What? It's not about me. What do you mean? Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Refocus. Yeah. Um, exactly. So now that we know a little bit more about your story, Yeah. what is the well and how did mm-hmm. that come out of your story? Yeah, yeah. Um so shortly after
2: I was set free, like I was a yes girl, like, God, do you want me to do it? Yes, I will. And I just like had this reckless um, pursuit of Jesus that like, yep, yep, I'll do it. Yep, I'll do it. And so it started with like, yeah, I'll host a summer Bible study. Like, you know, I'm not an expert in the Bible, but like, I want to know you more and I'll invite other women to do this with me. And um, that was like my entry into ministry, if you want to call it that, mm. this summer Bible study where the most eclectic group of women, you know, would show up at my house and study God's word. Um, and so yeah, it started as a summer Bible study. And that was like a simple act of obedience. I said, yep okay, God, I'll do it. Um, and it continued, like God kept bringing people into my life who, um, like again, different stories, but similar shame experiences, um, and begin to give, like give me these partners in, in life, um, to do ministry with. And so, yeah, it was a Bible study and then it turned into, um, Well, a big part of how I learned to walk with Jesus um, was like I had to seek it out. And so it wasn't like I was set free and then like I knew exactly what to do with my life. I had no clue. I had no clue. I didn't, you know. And so one of the things um, that I did was I sought mentorship because like I didn't know how to read my Bible. I did not know like how to hear Holy spirit or what it looked like to walk by faith and not by sight or all of that. Like it truly was like, I would enter a situation and be like, Hmm, I don't know how the new and does this, huh, this is interesting, you know, like this new creation and I didn't know her. Um, and so, As I began to like push into other women who were following hard after Jesus, Jesus began to teach me a new way, a new way that was so countercultural, so much against like the the hustle and the doing and the trying, Um, because I think in like the beginning of my race, if we want to call it that, you know, like I was just running hard. I'll do anything. I'll try hard to like, you know, and then Jesus was like, no, 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 no. That's, I don't run. I'm not, I don't run. I walk and my pace is slow. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And um, so what was Bible studies then turned into offering women retreats to like get away with Jesus and just be in silence and solitude and learn the um, like spiritual disciplines of, um, you know, Lectio Divina, like slowly reading scripture and, um, celebration and, um, Emmanuel prayer and all these things. And yeah. So for eight years, I just was like following after the heart of God and inviting women in, like never once did I feel like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going after Jesus. you want to come? And so yeah, after eight years of ministry, I was sitting and praying about it one day and thinking about the things I had learned. Um, I had just finished a summer, another summer Bible study, um, where we had studied prayer and, um, I was like, God just showed me these themes that kept coming up over and over again over these past eight years. And one of them was um, like all I ever did, like nothing is special about Ann Jansen. There's nothing like extraordinary about me that um, draws people in. Like that isn't like, yeah, there's nothing about me. But all I ever did was create space and time for women to come meet Jesus. And when I did that, when I created space and time, like that's what happened. Like God showed up and met with us and women were changed. And so that was the first theme. Like when you create the time and space, God will do it. Like he does it. Um, I, I, you know, like I messed up plenty of things and like God used it all. Um, And then the second thing was the second theme over those eight years that kept coming up was the things that women were saying. They were saying things like, I've been looking for something like this my whole life. Or I never knew that there were women out there who followed Jesus like this or Um, I've never felt so like free in a community of women like this to like be who I really am Mm -hmm. Um, and just this idea that women are hungry for a place to belong and they are absolutely starving for Jesus. Like the appetite I see in the women, like it's insatiable and it's so inspiring. And for whatever reason, um, they're not finding it many places. And so to show up, like, like really like a stripped down backyard Bible study, bring your blanket, bring your chair, come in your, you know, like workout clothes, whatever. Like it just was what women wanted and so now the whole vision for the well like I had someone tell me recently I should start writing this stuff down because I can't remember like all I remember is that one day like this entire vision from beginning to end just like plopped in my spirit is the best way like like everything from like The name, the well, the story, the, um, the, the invitations we have out there, the everything like just right in my, (laughs) it was very strange. And I didn't tell anyone, like, I was like, you know, just praying about it and sitting with it because like my worst fear is that like, I would make something like this up. Like we don't Mm -hmm. want Angie and to make this stuff up because that could be a little bit crazy. (laughs) And so I just sat with it. And, um, over the course of like a few months, like, I think I told my husband and that was it. Maybe like, well, and my, like my closest friend and like, she was all in, she's like, yes, let's do it. But like, I was like, no, 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 like just sit. Um, but one of the first acts of obedience that I felt like God asked me to do was to share the vision with a local man who, um, Can you hear my dog? Yeah, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, There is a gentleman named Kevin DeVries who lives locally and he runs a nationwide men's ministry called Grace Explorations. And my husband has been involved in that ministry and helped start one of his base camps is what it's called. And I thought, God, are you kidding? Like, Share it with kevin like that's super weird and whatever i have no agenda i don't have anything all i have is this vision and but i was like yep okay i'll do it active simple active obedience so i invited um kevin over and me and my husband and um my friend sarah sat and i shared it with him and i i said like i don't know why you're here i don't know what god wants i just was told to share this vision And, um, yeah, so I did. And like, I'm not joking. By the time he left, like before he even pulled out of my driveway, I had received an email and text message from women I didn't know that said, Kevin is you know, saying you're starting this women's ministry and we want to be involved. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like this just went from zero miles an hour to a hundred miles an hour. I showed up to church the next day and someone on staff greeted me and said, Kevin emailed me and told me about the well. And I like seriously almost passed out because no one had heard the well. Like that wasn't a thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so this whole thing has been like, quite amazing because now like our biggest cheerleader is this men's ministry which is just fascinating like it is so beautiful how the body of Christ works and so um right away like we have brothers in the like not as a fight but like in this task with us and um Yeah, so then that's what this whole thing has been, is an act of simple obedience, like one little act of simple obedience. Because if I would look at the whole vision that God gave me, like I would be paralyzed. It's so big. Mm -hmm. But if I look at like the next thing that God's asking me to do, yeah, for sure. I can, I can do that. (laughs) Um, But he's provided everything. And I think that's been like, one of the coolest experiences in this, life is a new creation. Like, I don't know how to do a nonprofit. Oh, here's a lawyer. You know, I don't, I'm not good with like business finances. Oh, here's an accountant. I don't have a team of women to help me. Here's 12 women who (laughs) want to come alongside you. We don't have somewhere to meet. Oh, here's a venue. It just has been like, with every little step of obedience, God has provided. Mm. And so this vision for the well is just based on the passage in John four of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman who in the middle of the day, hope, you know, like the hottest time, no one's at the well goes to the well to get water because she doesn't want to be seen. She's living a life of sin, you know, like just, caught in the shame. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and goes and encounters Christ and, And he sees her and he knows her. And the result of that is, I mean, in her spirit, she knows like this is the Messiah. And she is so changed in that moment. She leaves her jar and like the scripture tells us she runs back she runs to go and tell like to the people who have rejected her and that she is experiencing the shame in their community, like she runs to tell. And so that is um, kind of the mission of the well is to come as you are. We want women to come as you are. We do not expect polished, perfect, sinless, like people, like everyone, like we say, it's for all God's daughters. You don't have to have your life cleaned up um, in order to come. Um, So come as you are, be seen and known and be changed by Jesus. um, And then go and tell. And so that's the big, that go and tell piece is so big. And that's like where we're starting because again, um, scripture tells us, confess our sins to one another and we will be healed but also in revelation that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Mm. and so the telling piece is what we're starting with storytelling gatherings where women who have encountered Christ and are changed or are being changed are going to testify to that when we hear stories our hearts connect to them. And so not only will the speaker, the person telling their story experience God's goodness, the people who are hearing it, we are really believing will also experience an invitation from Jesus. Um, That is how healing happens is in community, in stories, in authenticity, um, And so, yeah, like that's where we're starting. That's where our vision is starting is with these storytelling gatherings. And we're really, really excited to see what God's going to do.
1: That is incredible. So when does this actually
2: launch? Yep. So our first storytelling gathering is going to be August 18 at 730 in the evening. Um, And that is that's going to be unique and that it's our first one. And so it really is going to be this vision casting. I'm going to share more of my story and what God has done in my life and kind of set the stage for what we hope this community will become. Mm -hmm. Um, but from there we have our first, I think four months planned out of amazing testimony and yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Our plan is to meet for storytelling gatherings once a month. Um, and so those dates will be released too. But it's just, oh, we're so expectant for what God is up to. Yes,
1: that's amazing. And I'll put links to where people can find that and where how people can join in um, in the show notes and on our blog so people can find mm-hmm. you. Um, I just love this. And you're based in mm-hmm. Grand Rapids, Michigan. So is Correct. this mainly right now um, just local? Yeah, yeah. Right now we're in Grand Rapids. Um okay. Grace Explorations, the
2: men's ministry, that they have so they their version of the well is called Base Camp. And they have base camps all over the United States. It's an amazing um, men's ministry. And so yeah, does the Lord have planned for there to be a well, you know, in these locations too? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I mean I would love that because like our sisters in Christ everywhere um, need more Jesus, yes. you know, and so I don't know what that looks like yet, but we're starting in Grand Rapids,
1: and and we'll we'll see what the Lord has in store. I love it. So all of our Grand Rapids listeners, go to the Well, <laughs> <laughs> August eighteenth or eighteenth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And I mean, there's such power in storytelling. Jesus did it all through the Gospels. And yeah. so I just, I'm so excited to see where God takes this whole thing. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, we are almost out of time. So before I let you go, what did we miss? What is something um that the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart for our listeners out there? Maybe a word of encouragement or just something that God is teaching you right now about his character, or anything on your heart. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I guess
2: my the thing that just keeps popping into my mind is this idea that it's not too late, um, and that you're not too far gone. Um, I think for for me sometimes I still wonder, right. Mm -hmm. Um, The lies the enemy like plays with me today are, who do you think you are? You know, who do you think you are to, you know, start a ministry or go on a podcast or, you know, whatever. And um, the answer to that is like, I am nothing like I am nothing. Like it's all Jesus. Like when the enemy points at me, I just point right at Jesus because like, he's, he's already fought and won this battle for, for me. And, and he's, he's doing it for you too. And, um, yeah, just keep your, your head up and your shoulders back, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and, um, just do the next thing he asks, Mm. just the next thing. And he's trustworthy. So, yeah.
1: Amen. That is the perfect note to end on. And thank you so much for coming and for sharing your story and for just giving God your yes in your new ministry. Yeah,
2: thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. It's been a joy.
1: What a great conversation with Anne. I love talking to her. If you want to hear more about the woman at the well, check out our episode with author Kat Armstrong because her book centered on that story as well. And I feel like that interview is such a perfect compliment to what Anne shared today about her story um, and her struggle with shame. So. In her interview, Anne also mentioned Psalm 18 as her favorite psalm. And so I wanted to share a couple of verses from that chapter. Uh, it's very its 50 verses long, so I won't read the whole thing, but I encourage you to go back and look at it because it is such powerful encouragement. This is a psalm that David wrote um in response to a victory that the Lord gave him when he um had victory over Saul or from his enemies and from the hand of King Saul. And so I'm just going to read a couple verses. He says, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me, and the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me, and the snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came from him into his ears. And then it goes on talking about God's deliverance and how he saved us from death and he freed us from our enemies and all of these things. And it's so encouraging. And I think, yeah, we may not be literally being hunted by a king who's trying to kill us, but looking at this through the lens of shame and oppression and how God can free us from that, because that can feel like a grip of death. And God sees us. One of his names that I love so much is El Roy, the God who sees. He sees us in our shame. He sees us in our struggle, and he's not forgotten us. And he's continuing to work on our behalf and draw us to him, even in the struggle. Um, And so I just love the story of the woman at the well, how God saw her, but he didn't see what the village saw. He saw who she was created to be. He saw her as his precious daughter. Um, and he called that out of her. He reminded her of who she was and who she was created to be. And I feel like that is what Jesus is trying to do for us as well, continually remind us of who he is and who we are in him. So I just hope you feel seen and loved and encouraged today. Um, by us and also by El Roy, the God who sees and who made you and who loves you with an everlasting, compassionate, unconditional love. So I hope you can just rest in that. And if you're struggling to believe that, maybe start by reading Psalm 18. This is some good stuff. There's a lot in there. And just mark it up, highlight it, and see what God has for you in that today. So I hope you have a great week, and we will see you next
0: time. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at JessBiondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit CollectedMinistries.org donate. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.